Welcome to the Side Hustle to Small Business podcast powered by Hiscox. I'm your host, Sanjay Parekh. Throughout my career, I've had side hustles, some of which have turned into real businesses. But first and foremost, I'm a serial technology entrepreneur. In the creator space, we hear plenty of advice on how to hustle harder and why you can sleep when you're dead. On this show, we ask new questions in hopes of getting new answers. Questions like, how can small businesses work smarter? How do you achieve balance between work and family? How can we redefine success in our businesses so that we don't burn out after year three? Every week, I sit down with business founders at various stages of their side hustle to small business journey. These entrepreneurs are pushing the envelope while keeping their values. Keep listening for conversation, context, and camaraderie. Matt Davis started Man Cave Basics Plus seven years ago as a weekend side business. He started by perusing through outdoor flea markets and vintage shows, and about three years ago, started developing the Man Cave brand in earnest. Since then, Matt has been adding more choices to the Man Cave Basics website and formulating new ideas for unique handmade items geared towards making the Man Cave a well-decorated part of the house. Matt, welcome to the show. I'm super excited to have you on and, and hear about the business. Oh, thank you for having me. I, I, when I learned I, I was going to be on, I was very, very, very excited. And so thank you for having so, me. Uh, yeah, no, that. absolutely. So let, let's just start with your your background a little bit. Tell us, you know, where you're from, you know, what what you've done for a career yeah, yeah. And, and what got you into thinking about the man well, cave. <laughs> I, I, it's been a it's been a crazy journey. Um, I started in printing when I was 14. Um, family pulled me in kicking and screaming. Where, where was this um, where geographically located? Philadelphia. Philadelphia. OK, Philadelphia. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Right outside of Philadelphia. Um, I, um, stayed in printing, got out for a little while, got back into it, uh, got married. Um, I had a, a former, uh, partner, um, do some, a lot of damage to my, my print company. Um, and it basically turned my world upside down. I had to basically dust myself up, get up and figure out what I was going to do. I, I, it was very bleak. Um, I, I, started doing uh, logo design for guys that have everything uh, but their own logo. And being a limited business or a limited uh, opportunity, um, I sat down with my brother and I, and we basically took stock of what my assets were. Uh, went back and forth, large format printer, laser, uh, some woodworking tools and things of that nature. Stumbled upon patent prints originally um and i was blown away by them um the images were amazing the history behind it was amazing the ideas crazy ideas solid ideas just the whole thing about it was incredible um so i started i started selling patent prints just the images on on a very nice sheet uh presented well so, so uh, let's step back a little eight. bit so you you just went to the USPTO, yeah. the Patent Trademark Office website, and, yeah. and got their PDFs yeah. Yeah. and, and used those. Or yeah, exactly. Okay, exactly. It was, it was, it was basically um, I stumbled upon it. You know, I I, I got incredibly lucky. Uh, it's a government agency, after right? All, and and navigating it <laughs> is is it's a government agency. And uh, so in the, in the years since I've started this, I've taught myself how to navigate, how to search, 
keywords, uh, subcategories, things of that nature. So now, starting out with five patents originally, I now have over 6,000 images in my library. Um, so I tell people all the time, hey, listen, if you don't see something on my website, reach out to me. I'll, if I don't already have it, I find it. So I, I, I'm doing the patents, and I started looking at it and going, you know, I need to offer a little bit more. I need to do something, and I'm very anti-Michaels. I hope they're not a sponsor. I'm very anti-Michaels, and I taught myself how to do framing. Um, and the way I looked at it was, I, I, again, back into my company, Man Cave Basics Plus, I wanted to keep everything basic. I wanted to keep everything simple, black and white, you know, straight to the point, frames, basic frames, no matting, no anything like that. And it started to grow. Despite all my efforts, it started to grow. Okay. A lot, I love it. Let, let, let's step back a little bit in your history. So you said you started at 14 and this was the, the family's yeah. print shop that you started with? Yeah. So did you yeah. do anything yeah. entrepreneurial before then, or was this the first experience for you? No. Well, at one point I left the family business, got married, left the family business, and my oldest brother decided to get out of it, um, which was very smart. Um, the equipment was there. He turned to me and said, listen, I'm either going to trash it or you can take it and do right. something with it. Uh, my, my then wife at the time, we had a, a one year old daughter, she was two, excuse me, two years old. Uh, I quit my job, went home and told her I, we're, we're branching off and we're going to do this on our own. Fully supportive. Yeah. Um, was it the right move? You know, it, it's one of those things that taught me a lot. Um, it taught me how to pull in my impulsiveness a little bit. Um, so it taught me yeah. a lot. Would I do it again? Probably not. If I knew about what I do now, I would have done that. Quick story, I was in Washington, D.C. I was doing the Easter market, and I have a, a golf pet. It's beautiful. And my, my, my the way I do things is if it's damaged, I don't sell it. I don't discount it. It's one of those, hey, you can go to my website and order it. Young guy, really loved this, this, this print. Not going to say I was fighting with him, but it was like one of those things. He was like, "Please, I just, I, I, I I'm fine with." It. And instantly, I went back and I'm like, "It's amazing that I have a product that I have a sheet here that's damaged, and the person still wants it. Yet, on the other end, if the black wasn't black enough, there was complaint." <laughs> and I'm like, "Why am I stressing? Right. This is what I should be doing." And so that light bulb went off. And I, I really turned around and looked at it. I'm like, I, I found something that's that I love. I get to deal with great people every day. I meet amazing people. I've met so many cool people, so many other entrepreneurs. My my phone contact list is very well stocked now with people that are just amazing. And uh, so I'm I'm really fortunate what I do now. Um, it took me 53 years to figure it out. So let's let's talk a little bit about um, the the balancing kind of the stress and demands of owning a business. You know, you've mm. done this now for a long time as a as a print shop. Yeah. You've had challenges with your partners, um, and things have mm -hmm. gone awry. And and how do you balance that with family life? Because like you you're talking about, you know, the the bakery or whoever it was, and and the black yeah. wasn't yeah. black enough, yeah. like. You know, that, that mm -hmm. ends up seeping into the rest of your life because of the stress of that yeah. stuff. How do you 
think about balancing those things and what do you do? Are there any tricks or tips or things that you do for yourself personally to help you know, balance yourself? It's, it's, I'm a work driven person. Um, my father's 83 and he still is looking for things to do work-wise. Um, he just won't stop. And it's, it, and it's just basically, it's built into my DNA. Um, to a degree, it's a problem. Um, but just stepping back a little bit more, um, I, I went through a divorce. Uh, I was a full-time father, 24 seven. Um, I've got to point out to my daughter, my daughter and my son were 12. My son was 12. My daughter was 17 at the time. Um, starting this new venture, trying to balance everything, uh, making sure they were okay. Um, she stepped up. Uh, my daughter was great. You know, it was one of those, like, I, I wouldn't have been able to do this without the support of those around me. You know, my parents supported me. My brother supported me. I had friends support me. Um, but I sacrificed a lot. You know, I, I really didn't date for, for 10 years. Mm. Um, I, I made sure they were okay. Um, I, I, that was the most important thing were my children. Now I'm at a spot where, um, I don't have the responsibilities I did. Uh, though you, you know, you know, as a parent, you never, you never stop being a parent. That's always something that's going to be forever. Um, but it's a different responsibility now that, you know, the kids have grown. My daughter's 27. My son's 22. He's doing great. She's doing great. Um, so now our relationship during all that was extremely tight. So they understood, you know, hey, dad's got to drive up to Connecticut or he's got to drive up to Boston this weekend. He's going to be not here. But I trusted them enough where the, it was one of my kids and I have a relationship where I know everything that they've done in their, in their short lives. And they've been able to come to me and tell me things. And we, we, we deal with it. You know, thank God I've never had any tragedies for them and things of that nature. But it's important from a, a balance standpoint uh, and a sacrifice standpoint that you have to prioritize certain things. And that's basically the, what I was able to do. Um, and they helped me along the way too. I, I, you know, when I, I was doing a Christmas market in Philadelphia and I was also running a, a, a Christmas market in Baltimore <laughs> and I had a storefront in a place called Peddler's Village in Bucks County. My mother ran the store in Bucks County and they were pop-up stores. She ran Bucks County. I went down to Baltimore and my father, my son, and my daughter would occasionally run the Philadelphia. So they understood how important it was to me. Um, from everything, from the standpoint of, of just life in general, and they knew how much I was passionate about it, and they believed in me. They believed in what I was doing, and and the way I've looked at things, and the way I, I I've approached dealing with people every day. Um, that's the most important thing. I think it is. It's it's just dealing with people and and uh, loving what you're doing, but being honest about it. You know, people can see through it when you're not honest about it. You gotta love what you do. You gotta, you gotta have courage. You gotta have courage. And, and I think there's a lot. There's so yeah, much. Yeah, and and that courage part is is the biggest challenge I think for a lot of people because mm -hmm. they just they're they're worried about failing. Quite honestly, so let, let's yeah. talk about that. Yeah. So in in starting what you've done now, 
how did you yeah. think about failure? Like, what if it had failed? Well, what was your backup plan? Was there a backup plan? <laughs> okay. So, so that's a, that's a great question. And I have an awesome answer for that. So I launched it on, uh, I went to this, this little, this little flea market. It used to be huge. It's Bucks County prices. And it'd been around since the 1800s. And I had five patents and I started out with just big sheets, 23 by 35 sheets, which if, if I if I had seen what I was doing <laughs> then, and you know, I'd been like, "Oh, dude, you gotta you gotta change your whole plan around." Started the snow. Um, it was like we were outside. It was me and my son. My son was twelve at the time. And started snow, and I, I was just so dejected. And I was like, "This isn't gonna work." But what was what was I thinking? And a twelve year old, my son said, "He's like, Dad, it's good." Just stay the course. And it was, and I, I, I was embarrassed for myself for a few seconds. Cause it's like, you know, I, I, I basically had this little mental breakdown in front of my son and it was, it was almost like it was, it was, it was an out of, out of body experience for him. Though he's a wise kid. It was just like, it was great. It was a great statement. I've, I've carried that since. And the cool thing about what I do is I can try something and I can think it's a great idea and I can take it and I can get behind it. And if it doesn't work, I move on. I don't dwell on it. I don't go, oh, this is going to, this has got to work. It's got to work. And so I've been able to try different things, let them go. And, and so it, it, it's funny. I don't know who said it. I'm sure uh, about failure, but it, it's a continual um, experiment. So, is it ever really failure if you keep learning something? I know it was, I don't know if it was Edison or I don't know who it was, but it was somebody way smarter than I am. But their point was, it was like you just keep you don't look at it as individual. You, you have to use it as a stepping point. Um, so, if you if you if you concentrate on failure, then that's the end of the road. You're done. But if you push on, you could take that failure and make it into success. So it's really, I, I, I like the question because my answer is, you know, it, it depends on how you define failure. It depends on how you state it. Um, it depends on how you approach it. And I kind of approach it in a way where, you know, I've tried things and they haven't worked, but I've learned something from it. So is it a failure? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it's a matter of approaching things and going, you know, I'm going to try something. It may or may not work, but if I don't learn something from it, yeah, then you could say it. But if you learn something from it and you continue to build upon it, yeah, it's never a failure. Yeah, I think the quote you're poking around at is, uh, it's actually from Edison, um, where he talks about how, and I don't know how many numbers of times he tried to, to make the light bulb. And he said that, you know, I haven't, yeah. I haven't failed a hundred times. I found a hundred different ways to not make a light bulb um, until, he found, exactly. until he found the one way to make the light bulb. And so it, 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 it taught it, him things along the way uh, in terms of how to build the filament um, for the light bulb to make, make it successful. So it's, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just saying, it's really, um, and that's the cool thing about, you know, startup businesses and side gigs is, you know, mine was a little bit different though. I was still working full time for another printer. Right because it just, that's all I knew how to do, or at least that's what I convinced myself to think that was all I knew how to do. And I really, 
it's funny. Like I said, it's, I'm 53 years old now, and I am now just really expanding what my potential that was always there. I just never looked at it. Um, I never recognized it. I never gave myself credit. And and I really gotta I really gotta you know thank my mother for that. Um, it was one of those like like keep doing it. You know we support you. Keep doing it. Um, we believe in it. And 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 I got that again. I got that from a lot of people. I got that from friends. I got that from 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 mentors. I got that from so many people. But I just wish that I had. I had seen in myself what I see now. And I guess, you know, you talk about, you talk about failure, but there's a fear factor. You know, it's, it's, um, I've learned to, I've learned to remove the fear, um, and try things. And it's funny, occasionally I still get worked up when I go to to a new event or I'm going to do something. And after I get there, I realize, I know what I'm doing. Why? And so you have to overcome that that momentary fear of the unknown. I guess it is. I mean, I I, I don't know quite what it is, but it's I don't like it. For, <laughs> for a lot of people, it's, it's um, they've been conditioned to have permission to go do the thing that they want to go do, and yeah. th- there is nobody that's mm-hmm. going to give you permission because you're doing it on your own. Yeah. Um, but on the flip side of it, there's also nobody to tell you no. Right. Like, um, as you, I've gotten to do a lot of crazy things, uh, and there was nobody to tell me no. And I got to do those things because (laughs) there was nobody to tell me no, uh, you know, like I, I can email the CEO of a company and see if I can get a meeting. There's nobody to tell me no. What's, what's the worst that's going to happen? The meeting doesn't happen. It's, it's, well, I've told my kids, and this is what I told my neighbor yesterday that I said, listen, I said, if you don't ask the question, the answer is always no. Yeah. It's already no now. So the only yeah, thing that'll so happen why is not, why not ask? Maybe it? it's a yes at the end of it. So Yeah, but you're you increase your chances. Right. Exactly. Automatically. Exactly. I um I, I don't know. I guess it's just um I I I I've gone through a lot yeah. in my years and, and uh I, I'm now at a point where I am like I said, happy. And I'm excited, yeah. you know, I'm excited about working every day. So the balance there, it's, it's, uh, I'm still working on that, So, but at least I'm smiling yeah. again, you know, that's great. It's just, I'm smiling. Support for this podcast comes from Hiscox committed to helping small businesses protect their dreams since 1901 quotes and information on customized insurance for specific risks are available at Hiscox.com Hiscox the business insurance experts. So let's turn a little bit and talk about um, some tactical things for for listeners that might be um, wondering. Um, so with building up Main Cave Basics Plus and the website and all that, are are there tools or apps or, or technology that you've been able to leverage that you couldn't live without. I mean, obviously the large format printing, but, but even more kind of tactically, mm-hmm. since that's mm-hmm. really kind of unique to your business, are there things that um, really help you manage the business and, and help it grow? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to tackle one thing that's uh, right there in front of us, you know, the machinery, like since I've started, I've, I've, I started with the laser printer, a large format printer and a 
actual CO2 laser. Uh, I've added a wood CNC wrapper um, that it's just, it's a great piece of machinery and cost effective. I've also added a plasma cutter, CNC plasma cutter. That's a two foot by two foot base. Again, for a very reasonable cost to get me into that market to start to do some things that I can have some fun with. Um, so from a, from a, um, technology standpoint, I guess that's the first one is, is you know, the internet's made information out there a lot easily accessible. And there's people out there making some great pieces of product from an, from an actual software and, and, and apps and all that. First one is, it's gotta be, you know, the cash apps, being able to take a payment from a credit card. Since we as a society, I've watched, you know, everything shift and now it's really heavy on the credit card side and the debit card side. So without having those pieces of equipment, those, those, I use pay anywhere without having that, I, I, you know, couldn't take half the orders I, mm. I take when I'm out, out on the road doing, doing events. Um, from the standpoint of organizing my business, Google patent search has been, <laughs> you know, a godsend. It's, it's really, like I said, it just narrow, it just pulled the scope down. Um, and, and made it user-friendly. By the way, it, that's, that's it, it sounds like you've really started this whole business so you could build your own man cave with all of these toys <laughs> and, and plasma cutters and all this right, stuff, but, uh, but but we'll kind of ignore that piece of it. Um, okay, maybe, so maybe. maybe, maybe that's true. Uh, <laughs> I, I want a man cave like you do, you, you've got then. Um, okay, last question. Um, yeah. So somebody that's thinking about taking the leap into turning their side hustle into a full-time business or, or going from no side hustle into a side yeah. hustle, what piece of advice would you give them? Well, I've got a couple of key pieces of advice, if you don't mind. Uh, the first one is love and have a passion for what you're going to do. You know, it's, it's, I've seen people take other people's ideas and try to run with them, and it's just not the same. People know when you're dealing with somebody face to face, they know if you love it or not. So you find your talent. Like I used to, when I would print, I used to look at amazing artwork coaches. I just, I don't have it. I don't have an artistic talent. I couldn't find it. And I kept looking and now mine is woodworking and, and that dealing with metal. So I, it took, again, it took me 50 years to find it, but I found it. Um, but that would be the first thing I would say is it like, you know, if you love baking, start baking. If you love making soap, if you love creating, if you love doing something, people know when you're being realistic about it. I ran, and, and I'm going to diverge for one second, I ran an Arab style years ago, uh, the clothing store. And I would look at some of the clothing they were buying, and I was just like, oh my God, you know, what were they thinking? And then I would start to realize, I'm like, you know what, somebody designed that, somebody loved that, somebody bought it from a buyer standpoint, and then somebody decided to put it out for sale. What I mean by this is you may have a talent, but you may not realize that there's other people that may love your talent. And that if you, if you believe in it, you create your product, there will be people that will support you. You just, you need to get out into the world and show the world what you're doing. Don't just put it up on, on Facebook. Don't just put it up on Etsy. You have to get out there and show people what you're doing. If you were going to rely on strictly the internet for things to happen for you, it's not going to happen. 
You're relying on somebody to find you and go, you know, I need to do wiki. I think somebody's out. They're not going to find you. And that's what I do with patent prints is, is I went out and I showed people. And I realized when I started to build my library, people would suggest to me, do you have a lacrosse stick? I was just like, oh my God, I don't know why I didn't think of that. Or do you have this? Or do you have that? My library wouldn't be anywhere near what it is today if I didn't go out to see people. And every time I do an event, the first thing I'm told by other people, other vendors, or seasoned, I've never seen anything like this. I've never seen anybody out doing this before. And so my advice is find something that you love. Find that inner spirit, that inner love of creating something and go out and do it. Matt, uh, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. This has been great. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Side Hustle to Small Business podcast, powered by Hiscox. To learn more about how Hiscox can help protect your small business through intelligent insurance solutions, visit hiscox.com. That's H-I-S-C-O-X.com. And if you have a story you want to hear on this podcast, please visit hiscox.com slash share your story. I'm your host, Sanjay Parikh. You can find me on Twitter at, at Sanjay, that's S-A-N-J-A-Y, or on my website at sanjayparikh.com. 